You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler. I'm the host of the Weekly Business Hour. I also serve as the Silver Fox Advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. Well, welcome to today's show. I think we have a great one lined up. We're going to start a new soup to nuts conversation just in a few minutes. Uh, but I want to remind you that uh, the show is sponsored by OneBestConsult.com. That's a website, a business community that I started. It's grown in leaps and bounds. I'm so glad for that. Uh, and I encourage you to visit the site, and that's one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. Uh, join us. Uh, at the very least, you'll receive a weekly blog, some video tips, hopefully that'll help you run your business in a better, more efficient manner. Uh, but also, you have a peer-to-peer group available there. So if you have a challenge, a question, uh, something comes up, you can put it out there, and your peers will respond to it. And also, if you'd like to have a mentor that works with you on a regular basis, I'm available through the website. Again, I encourage you to go one, number one, bestconsult.com. Well, at this point, it gets real easy. We've got a couple of things, though, that I need to remind you before we get started. First of all, the show is broadcast live on YouTube. So if you want to watch as well as listen, then join us on the Weekly Business Hour page on YouTube. Right now, we're live. And a reminder, if you have a question, you have a comment, even a criticism, send it to me by email during the show or after the show. Email address, again, is real easy, onebestconsult at gmail.com. I enjoy those comments. You can also, I need to remind people this, if you've got a question about your business, I will be glad to give you my view of what's going on and reply to your email. So please use that email. I love hearing those kind of questions particularly. Well, I promised you easy and here it is. So sit back and grab your pad and pencil and get ready to take notes as we talk about everything business right here on the Weekly Business Hour. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to start a new soup to nuts conversation. And I'm so pleased we have Doug Thorpe with us. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about leadership, but more particularly, I want to welcome Doug to the show. Doug, welcome. Hi, Rick. Pleasure to be here. Well, you know, Doug, we're, we've got this soup to nuts conversation entitled Building Better Teams by Becoming a Better Leader. Great title. Uh, Doug, you're the creator of uh, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Uh, tell folks what you did in creating that? Why'd you create that? Yeah, Rick, that theme of uh, thinking about your leadership in a common sense way is something that really comes from my many years of experience out in industry and in business. I've had a great opportunity in an early chapter in my life. I was a banker with uh, what used to be Texas Commerce. It's now Chase. And uh, I had the privilege of working with uh, probably hundreds of customers, businesses of all kinds. We were predominantly a commercial bank at the time. I got to see entrepreneurs and business owners struggle with uh, all the challenges that you can imagine. So what I realized over those many years is a lot of times solutions aren't complex. They can be pretty simple and, and often downright common sense. So about 10 years ago, when I started uh, specifically coaching clients rather than consulting or advising in any other way, I realized that that same principle still followed through. So 
I created a blog, and that is the tagline for my blog, Leadership Powered by Common Sense, and uh, told that story all, all the way up to today. So, Well, that's also part of what I do is common sense, because I, I grew up in, in the business world from the time of birth, and it's something that people miss, the common sense right. aspect uh, of business. But let's dive into this topic, though. This is really exciting stuff to me, and it's about building a team and, and so on and so forth. Um, we're going to talk to you about this, but the, the successful team starts with, I would say, probably key leadership. In this case, we have a lot of business owners who listen to the program. Tell us a little bit about that and what some of the attributes of that key leader are. Yeah, Rick. Yeah. Starting to create an effective team does start with the leader. So particularly in the entrepreneurial space, uh, you've got a guy that or, or lady that starts a business, they've got a great idea, but pretty soon they discover they can't do it alone. So they start reaching out, bringing people into the fold. And surprise, surprise, you've just started creating a team. And whether you think of that team in a real hierarchical way or just simply the circle around you, you are the leader of that team if you're owning that business and trying to make it go. So the effectiveness of that team does come back to you as, as that owner and entrepreneur. You have to align your own skill sets as a leader in order to get the most out of that team. And, you know, we can talk about the basic attributes of leadership, things like having a vision, um, having uh, your focus and transparency with the team, and begin to, to build all that, but we'll talk about that in more detail as we go here. Well, you know, that's so important, and it's amazing to me that people say, I'm going to start a business. I talk to a lot of people, uh, just sit down, and I'll give them an hour of my time, and in fact, half of my typically dissuade for various reasons, usually financial, but they all of a sudden may have been involved in a large organization like you early in your career. Now, all of a sudden, they're the boss. They're everything. Right. And I find a lot of people lacking those leadership skills, even basic, to, to build that team you're talking about. What's your advice to those people starting from day one? Well, you're absolutely right, and that's the very reason I've, I've created a whole sort of subset in my coaching to not simply focus on the individual owner, leader, senior executive, but to make them realize that they're highest and best use is guiding that team around them, building a stronger, better, more productive team. And, um, you know, if, if they've never had that kind of experience leading a team, boy, there's an education to be, to be found. And, you know, some of the best ways I tell people if they got to jumpstart that, if they don't have an idea, really, they need to first focus on some leaders that they know of, maybe perhaps people they've worked for in the past that they admire and respect, and start cobbling together a picture of good leadership. And the easiest thing to do is start copying some of that, start doing those things that you remember those people doing. Well, like I say, so many of them become, I believe, when I talk with them and then some of my work with, uh, they're just not prepared for that. It's such an important function and an ability to right. develop. right. Well, let's talk about building the teams. How, how are teams formed? Well, that's an interesting question. So there are a couple of predominant combinations of the way things do. Talking about the entrepreneur that's just started a business, 
And as I mentioned earlier, if they find themselves needing more people around them to get the job done, then they go out and hire or recruit people. So that is probably the traditional way, certainly for small and mid-sized businesses, how that begins to happen. In slightly larger, excuse me, larger organizations, what can happen is the CEO decides he's going to reorganize something. He picks a lieutenant to go run a team. That lieutenant finds himself with a group of people he maybe doesn't know or, frankly, in some cases doesn't like, and all of a sudden they've been anointed as his team. So that's a certainly a different kind of challenge, but a challenge nonetheless. Well, you know, when you, when you back to what I was talking about, the entrepreneur starts a business, so he hires that first person. He's got a team. Uh, of course, that the changes that take place in that environment are obvious. But as you build a team of two, three, four, five, and so on, people, what are some of the changes that take place as that team comes together? Well, I've I've seen it happen over and over again. In the entrepreneur scenario, there's that pride of authorship. You've got the vision for why you started the company. And delegating that or what it feels like giving up part of your control of that vision when you start adding other people, giving it up and delegating is the effective way to make that team perform. And you have to create in yourself a trust and willingness to do that delegation. And you can, um, you can get derailed pretty fast if you start saying to yourself, well, I don't trust this person with this task. Well, then you probably made a bad hiring decision. Yeah, it all comes back home to roost. And that, that is one of the most common challenges I see with anybody building their business is giving up certain tasks, responsibilities, and comfortably doing it. And I think sometimes they overlook the importance <laughs> of making the hire that they will trust. Is that a fair? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just amazing what folks do. Well, we are now we got a manager uh, beginning to build the team or the owner in the case of a small business. Uh, what are the kind of things, uh, why do they fail at this? I think uh, springboarding off of what we just said, I think as we hire our team members, we need to be sensitive to uh, diving in and learning about their skill sets and their real abilities so that you can start leveraging the attributes and skills that you've hired. And you may discover in a brand new hire, you thought you hired them for X, but they're really good at Y. And now all of a sudden, if Y is a good, good element of your new company, then maybe you reassign them and give them more of Y and not X that you hired them for in the first place. So the point there is the owner needs to do something to really learn the people you've got. And in a smaller team, obviously, that's easier to do, and uh, but something that is frequently overlooked. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Again, you, when you hire that person, you're, you've got to have a mindset, I believe, that, hey, they're going to take over this, or I would like them to take over right. X, we'll start with Y, and try to develop them. And so many times we just hire someone because they'll fill that first step and not necessarily have the ability to fill that second step. Have you found that to be true? Yes, absolutely. And uh, we we find ourselves, and I, I myself, I, I definitely have firsthand experience trying to run a small business. I had a business in 03 and had 35 employees, but growing to that level 
um, was a stair-step process. And I'm not ashamed to admit I didn't do it all that well in the first couple of rounds of hiring. I went through a lot of people trying to find the ones that could really uh, contribute to my team and, and ones that I could trust with that delegation and giving up of my part of it. Well, we got a brand new manager, a brand new business owner. What can they do to get the best results? I mean, you've got all that experience. What is uh, What have you learned that they can do to, say, make fewer mistakes? You know, I that's a great question. And I just recently read one of my coaching colleagues' materials. Um, he's got an acronym that he calls FAST, and it stands for Focus, Accountability, Simplification, and Transparency. And I think that's a great summation of really the, the key things that a new leader and a new owner has to do with building a team. You've got to be able to focus everybody. You yourself have to get focused. You can't be chasing bright, shiny objects, changing their priorities every day. You've got to get your plan in, in position and then share that vision and share that focus with your team and create some levels of accountability. Let everybody know what your expectations are for what they're going to do on your team and how they can contribute to the success of the organization. And then simplicity, it's kind of back to our tagline, common sense, don't overcomplicate it, uh, make it simple for everybody to understand and translate. And then last is transparency. Um, you as the leader of that team, you, you can't have any artificial walls built up. You've, you've got to be able to be connected and in the moment with your team as, as things unfold. How important is it, though, in your opinion, to, to be right there as they unfold and being responsive? In other words, communication. Uh, how important is that to oh, the success? It's very critical, and, and it does go back. That's why I like that acronym, FAST. Uh, being able to be accountable yourself and demonstrate accountability to your team by helping establish reasonable, achievable uh, expectations and then all of those should be tied back to your vision. They should be tied back to the focus. And too often I see entrepreneurs that have a, a, a genuine great idea, but they take so much pride in that authorship, they don't allow anybody else to contribute anything to it. And if you've hired the right team and given them some latitude, set some expectations, you might just be surprised at how great they can contribute to expand that vision or grow that vision. Right. I, I don't think that you can really grow it without having folks help you along the way. So that's interesting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're to our first break. Believe it or not, we've already burned up about 15 minutes of this soup to nuts conversation. I ask that you please stay with us. We're going to come back and continue this discussion and conversation with Doug. And I'm going to ask him to share with us his six steps to building a highly effective team. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Business on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 
877-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the Weekly Business Hour on Lone Star Community Radio. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your host. We're having a soup-to-nuts conversation today with Doug Thorpe. Uh, Doug is talking to us about how building better teams by becoming a better leader. Well, Doug, when we went to break, we'd kind of gone through some scenarios, talked a lot about the beginning for either a new manager or a business owner and the kind of challenge they have in building that team from that first hire and so on and so forth. But you've come up with six steps to building a highly effective team, and I I really like to take some real time and set these out because I think they're wonderful, wonderful guidelines for people as they build a team. So let's kick off and talk about the first one. Yeah, you bet. Uh, what we've got here is, uh, as you said, I've, I've developed a six-step plan, and really it is ultimately about building trust. Let me give you a backstory real quick. One of the, um, uh, one of the great models of corporate giants, uh, Google, uh, did a two-year study of their highest-performing teams. They called it Project Oxygen. You can Google that, no pun intended. But uh, there's a lot of great information in there. What they found, the number one attribute that contributed to the most success of their best teams was building an attitude of trust. They called it psychological safety. I guess that's their political correct way of doing it. But um, if you read the report, it comes down to the trust factor. Can team players trust each other? Can they trust the leader? Can the leader trust them, et cetera, et cetera? And it becomes a kind of a cycle of success. So I've broken down that cycle into six steps. And by the way, if you're, if you have access to the website, uh, you can look that up. We'll pull that chart up here and you can follow along with me. The number one step is about people. And if you think about it, when you hire a, an employee, the first question in their mind is, do I even want to be here? Do I feel good about coming on board here? It's part of their their decision process to accept your job offer. But even once they're in the seat, as they learn things about your business, they're going to be asking themselves that question, do I even want to be here? So that's really the starting point of addressing that. And as a manager, you have to know that that question's on the mind of your people. So you've got to do some things to work to overcome that get them saying, yes, yes, I want to be here. 
that leads to a second question, and you can kind of think of this maybe as building blocks and a hierarchy sort of thing, but the second question is purpose. They start asking the question, what is this team trying to accomplish? And that's where in the first segment we talked about focus. They have to understand the vision, so the leader has to share that purpose with them, has to get them to have clarity about it so that they can make a commitment to it. Let me ask a quick question here. Yep. Uh, to kind of interrupt you on this. The, in, in the purpose, it's, it strikes a chord. I'm going to use a very simple example. I'm an entrepreneur. I've opened a Main Street business, front door, retail, and I hire my first employee who's going to work that counter, going to interact with my customers. Uh, a very, very important position. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, though, overlook that. Uh, but sharing the purpose with that person who's going to work the counter customer service, clerk, so on and so forth. How do you share that successfully when you bring in an hourly person? And because I think you need to do it to make sure they understand more than how to work the register, uh, how to check people out, how to answer the phone. Yeah. Great point. And I agree with you totally. I, um, I guess I'll answer that question with a story of my own. Recently, my wife and I were out shopping, and we were in a Pier 1 import store. And um, the salesperson was incredibly keen with customer service, just very effusive, bubbly, personable, ready to answer any question we had. And I couldn't resist after we had spent some time in the store. I went back to her, and I said, let me ask you a question. I said, I'm a business coach, and I couldn't help but see your attitude and your approach. You work for a, not big box store, but you work for a retail chain. Well, where do you get that? What do they encourage you to do that? Are you trained to do that? What do you do? And she said, well, truthfully, it starts with me. I just believe that's what I need to be doing. And whether I worked here or somewhere else, I'd probably do that. And I thought, uh-huh. So that's about hiring. <laughs> That's about finding that gleam in somebody's eye when that's the job you've got for them to do. And she said, yes, we, we've been trained on some things. I said, well, what's the key to that? What keeps you motivated? And she said, it's pretty simple. We're competing with e-commerce, and we're a brick-and-mortar store. If we don't give you this kind of service, you'll just go sit at home and be online shopping. But if we can give you this experience, you'll probably come back. And I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, and that's a wonderful story. Well, what's the third attribute uh, in your trust? Yeah, so the third attribute has to do with the plan. And once you've understood the purpose, your, your team needs to now see the plan, and that's the how question. How are we going to get this done? How can we go from A to B? And what does that look like? And again, part of it is a critical judgment in the mind of the team member. They're saying, eh, can I buy this? Does this make sense to me? Or is this just a ridiculous reach that is, is not going to end well? So as the leader, you've got to be able to lay out that plan and you've got to let the team have a critical eye on it, give you the feedback that's appropriate to adjust the plan and make it doable by the team you've got. So you've got the plan, you've got the purpose, you've got the people. Now what's next? Pretty logical, isn't it? Pretty logical. <laughs> it's it's practice. Or some, a lot of coaches like to use the uh, execute word. Can we go work on this? Can we deliver what's been done? 
And as you get into practice, then you can ask yourself what's working, what doesn't work, what do I need to change, what do I need to adjust, uh, what's my latitude for adjustment. So this is where, as a team, we get into all the elements of empowerment by the employee. You know, does the boss give you the permission to go do things on your own? Do you have levels of self-initiative that you can exercise? Is the, is the atmosphere of delegation about uh, permission and protection, or is it punitive? <laughs> so that's where the practice kicks in. Well, we've got a couple minutes left. Uh, you've got two more attributes, which I think are very important. Yeah. Uh, what are they? Hit them real fast. Number five is performance. The, uh, again, all these questions come from the mind of the employee. The question is, how, how are we going to be measuring success? Is the measurement system fair and equitable? All the emerging statistics tell us the millennial workforce doesn't want annual reviews. They're not going to wait for them. You got to give them more instant feedback on how they're doing and what's going on. And the number six is the payoff. You know, when we do all this work, boss, how are we going to get rewarded? Is it, you know, is it compensation or is it achievement? As I was driving over here this morning, I thought about the idea, you know, payoff can come in. It, it's not all about money and, and financial reward. Um, I, I've done a lot of work in the past with nonprofits, and our payoff is seeing lives changed by the programs we're providing so payoff can come in a lot of different ways and contextually, whatever that is for your organization or your team, the payoff has to be clear and it has to be awarded and rewarded. You put all these together, what you're striving to do is build momentum for your team. And when you've got all these hitting on all six cylinders, you will find there's an incredible level of trust among all the players. They can, as these questions come in their mind, they can help answer those questions between themselves, and they don't always have to come to the boss to get the answer for it. And you have this psychological safety in coming together as a team and working together. Well, you know, those six things, I think it's a wonderful opportunity uh, to people to look at what you have, the, the website page, and understand this. Go back through them real quick, kind of summarize them for us uh, the next minute or two. Uh, so we can kind of plant those in everybody's mind because this will be a basis for what we talk about in the future conversations. Yeah, so they are all P words. Uh, people is the first one. Uh, your employee asking the question, do I even want to be on this team? Number two is purpose. What's the team trying to accomplish? Number three is plan. How will the team get this done? Number four is practice. What works and what doesn't work? Number five is performance. How to measure the success we are trying to achieve, and number six is payoff. What will the reward or the outcome be? And like you said, the payoff doesn't have to be monetary. Doesn't have to be monetary. Yeah, I think there's uh, a lot there, even for-profit businesses. So, uh, Doug, I really appreciate you taking time to join us for this first conversation. Look forward to having you come back uh, in the second conversation next Monday. If people want to get in touch with you, ask some questions about what they heard today or talk to you about some coaching, what's the best way for them to do that? Best way to do it, Rick, is on my website at Doug Thorpe. That's T-H-O-R-P-E dot com. That is my blog page, and I've got a lot of information there about uh, these, these coaching programs and others. So uh, that's the fastest way to do it. Well, it's great information. I encourage you, if you're listening, to take a look at that webpage, if nothing else, about the Team Trust model. Uh, it's really got some thoughtful things put in it. Uh, maybe create your own model if you need to, but it's a great step-by-step -step 
tool, I think, to help you build a better team in your business. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you'll stay with us. Uh, we're going to be back uh, in the second half of the show. What we're going to do is, first of all, I'm going to do a quick recap of the three-part series conversation that we just started today with Doug on building better teams by becoming a better leader. And then in our Did You Know segment, I'm going to take a quick look at three issues that can challenge your business finances. And we'll end up the show as we always do with the one best consult tip of the week. This week, three critical questions to ask when evaluating every new technology. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. It's all business talk on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936 936- Four four one eight seven seven eight. Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the weekly business hour on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to the weekly business hour. This is Rick Schisler, your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor as well as the founder of OneBestConsult.com. I want to remind you that if you missed part of the first half of the show or you want to re-listen to it, it's available. A podcast will be posted on YouTube under the Weekly Business Hour page, typically on Wednesday of each week, uh, also on other social media sites as well as the station website. So please listen to the podcast and more importantly, perhaps share it with people. Share the information you have that you found valuable, fellow business leaders with your employees, your management uh, we hope to hear from you as well. Please let us know through our email what you think about what we're doing. Again, that's onebestconsult at gmail.com, and onebest is the number one bestconsult.com. Well, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to recap the conversation we just had with uh, Doug Thorpe. As I mentioned earlier, this is uh, the first of a three-part conversation with Doug about building better teams by becoming a better leader. Uh, in my first observation of what we discussed today, I'd like to make sure that you who are out there that have what we'll call the smaller businesses, where you have one, two, three, five, ten employees, you are building a team. And I hope you picked up on that today. 
when you hire that first employee to work for you, my example uh, in our discussion with Doug was about a retail business on Main Street, but it applies to any business. You hire someone to answer the phone. You hire someone to work in the back and, and produce something. You are starting to build a team. And if again, if you'll take some time and think about the person you're hiring, uh, it's not someone just to fill a slot. It's not just someone to take a little bit of burden off you doing things that you don't now have to do. You're building a team, and it's important that you approach it, in my opinion, very important, not only in the hiring practice, uh, in, but when you onboard that person the first few days you heard Doug talk about. People are wondering, okay, how do I fit in here? What am I doing? First day, second day, 10th day, 30th, 60th, 90th day. you got to onboard people, and then you've got to communicate with them. Just don't have a placeholder working for you. Get these people to buy in at some level. And again, it can be very simple. It doesn't have to be like you're running a multi-billion dollar corporation, but get those people to build, to buy into what you're doing. Now, with this proviso, if your direction and your goal is to build your business, to increase its sales, and potentially with increased sales, increasing the number of employees, this is an important step. If not, then you don't need to worry about it. I think the model that Doug, the second point I wanted to make, the model he provides is very helpful. Uh, that takes you step-by-step step, uh, building this trust. I mean, why do you want to do the heavy work when a company like Google's already done it, spent two years, uh, can't imagine how much money, and analyzing what makes up the best team. Uh, and Doug went there and studied what they had, and it had to be evolve around trust, building trust with one another. I mean, that's common sense in and of itself. If I trust someone that works with me, works for me, that I work with, uh, then we're going to get more done uh, because we're going to have each other's back, for an example. Uh, so the reality is that you really can serve yourself, your family, if you're uh, in a business for yourself as a business owner, serve everybody better by building the trust. And I think the model and the six attributes that Doug offers is a great way to kind of walk through it. Don't make it complicated. Just look at that. Think about the people, uh, what you're hiring and setting the goals and so on and so forth. That model that we looked at that's available at his website, DougThorpe.com, is a great way to kind of give you a roadmap, if you will, to walk through in your own business and make some sense out of it and build the team starting with one and then moving on to two, three, four, five, wherever you're going to take your business. It's a great model to build success for you and your business. Well, we're going to take a short break now. When we come back, I'm going to offer in my Did You Know segment three issues that I believe challenge your business finances. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. It's all business talk on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, 
and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. This is Rick Schisler, your host. Uh, you're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and we've come to that part of the show that I call Did You Know? Uh, in this segment, I'd like to talk about did you know that there are three issues that can challenge your business finances? Uh, many times we're running our business, we're successful in our own eyes, we're meeting the goals that we set, uh, and the finances of the business, they're there, uh, and they're an important part, and it's a part of your business that I have found people sometimes just take the eye off the ball, but I have found three major issues that challenge your business finances. There's many others, but these are three that I encourage my clients to focus on. The first one is you must manage any debt you have. If you have debt, and almost every business I've ever worked with has debt, it could be credit card to debt. Even if you pay it off month to month, it's still a debt, and you've got to make sure it gets paid off at the end of the month. Uh, But most businesses have some other kind of debt. Uh, Either they've been financed into business by loans from family members or the owner has lent the money to the business. So there's debt. And the key thing here is you need to manage that debt. Don't let it manage you. And there are three things that I feel are important uh, steps, action steps you can take. First of all, make sure you have a repayment plan. You're going to start a business or you have an ongoing business. You make a loan to the business. And just because that loan perhaps, say, comes from you or family, you don't take the time to say, okay, how am I going to repay this debt? In other words, if I'm using that debt to buy assets, what is that going to do to revenue? What's that going to do to profit, my margins, the whole shebang? But you need to develop a repayment plan. So whether you amortize the debt on a month-to-month or quarter-to-quarter, you still need to have a a plan to repay that debt to yourself, to the bank, to anyone. So be sure you put that plan together uh, so that you just don't borrow money to borrow money. That sounds funny, but it happens all the time. Use a line of credit only when you have a plan to pay it down. Too many times, lines of credit, major banks in the last five, 10 years seem to be willing to give almost any business $50,000 line of credit. Uh, and then it goes up from there. Be sure you have, again, a plan to repay that debt. Pay it down if you can. When you draw against it, know how you're going to pay that draw back. Nothing wrong with carrying a balance in your line of credit, but it's like a balance on a credit card or any other kind of debt. It comes due, and you need to have a plan. Part of your business plan, part of your success, is being able to know when to pay that line of credit down. Again, they seem to offer this $50,000 line to anybody and everybody, and the next thing we know, we're drawing down on that line and using that money for things that really don't need to happen in the business. And the th- third thing I like to talk about is know when to stop taking on debt for your business. 
many times folks kind of get their backs up against the wall in their business, they're hurting, and they keep borrowing money. They keep putting money in the business. Good money after bad money, an old expression of what you're up to. You need to know when you reach the point and be willing to admit it to stop taking on debt to keep your business alive. The second thing I have uh, that I offer, I think is a major issue, you need to have a financial plan and stick to it. You need to, one, prepare for the worst. Uh, we had a guest on recently, Hank Moore, back in May of this year. He talked about crisis management. He talked about planning. If a hurricane hits, what happens? Again, I don't think these plans have to be multi-page plans, but you need to know financially what's going to happen if something really bad inadvertently could be weather-related, who knows, but plan for that worst and be prepared. If the worst happens, this is how my business is going to survive financially. Otherwise, you'll end up out of business. So prepare for the worst. Second thing, set measurable goals. You need to have measurable goals. It's not wait till the end of the year, and if there's money in the bank, we made a profit, hey, we did it. Set some goals as you go along. Build your business brick by brick, piece by piece. Set a strong foundation and set those measurable goals so that you know when you get to this one, it's on to the next one. If you don't get to a goal, be willing to admit that and decide what needs to change or be adjusted to get there. And then thirdly, I think it's very important, tie your financial plan to your exit strategy. You know, if you've got an exit strategy that's out five, 10 years or more in the future, where does debt tie into that? I mean, borrowing to get out 10 years, or are you borrowing to get out five years? It can greatly influence when you take on debt, how much debt, what kind of debt, if you take a look at your exit strategy and understand your repayment plan and its impact on your exit strategy when you seek to sell or transfer the business. And last but not least, you spend only when it directly helps the business. Uh, my example of that is spend for needs, save for wants. And what I'm talking about is, say you have a vehicle in your business. Many businesses have a vehicle. Either the owner drives one or they have a truck or trucks for delivery. And they say, well, we'd like to get a nice new shiny truck because it presents a great image, put our logo on it, and so on and so forth. Wonderful idea. But do you really need that new truck at this point in time? Or is it something that could be delayed six months? Could you have the motor rebuilt? I was talking to a, a potential client the other day, and they take uh, where they replace the motor instead of replacing the entire vehicle at least once before they make that decision to replace the truck. Point is, don't take debt on till you need to. Now, again, there's a balancing act. If that truck is beat up and rusted out and looks bad and creates a bad image for your business, then you need to replace that truck. Uh, but reality is so many times... We get a little money in the bank. We've had a good year. Okay, how can we spend it? Uh, I just think that's the wrong approach. So secondly, when you do make a purchase, uh, do a return on investment. Any kind of asset purchase really should have an ROI. They're simple to do. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to put it in, into effect, a new cash register, a new computer system, a new truck, whatever, and I expect that it will generate this much revenue or make us more efficient where we can generate more revenue uh, we'll be able to build customer relations better uh, by having data on the customers, be able to use it in our advertising, marketing, so on and so forth. But make sure you identify and try to set a number. Do it by the number if possible. It typically is, uh, and it takes a little bit of time, not a whole lot of time, to determine your ROI. And then thirdly, develop an accounts payable plan. This is something the big guys do. 
Big corporations do it. I've been on the other side of the table so many times in my business career, have a receivable to a big company, and they have an AP plan. They don't pay their bills for 60 days. They don't pay their bills for 30 days. They don't pay their bills for 90 days, whatever. Uh, set an AP plan for your business. When do you hope to pay your bills? When are you going to pay your bills? Are you going to pay every 30 days? Are you going to pay as due? Uh, think about that and the impact that has on your business finances, your cash flow, uh, whether you have debt. Uh, oftentimes, a line of credit is used when you need to pay some bills. You draw down on the line, but then as you produce and collect on the product and service you offer, then you pay that line of credit down. So be sure, again, that you have an AP plan and maximize its use. That decision's yours, whether you pay in 30, 60, 10 days, take the, the, the discount, but be sure you address it. Just don't accept what comes your way. Well, these three issues, in my opinion, need to be considered by every business, large and small, in order to assure the financial success of their business. So I encourage you, be sure you manage your debt, have a financial plan and stick to it, and spend only what directly helps your business. We're going to take our final break of the day, and when we come back, I'm going to offer you my one best consult tip of the week. Three critical questions to ask when evaluating every technology. Look to see you on the other side. We'll be right back. It's all about business on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. This is our final segment today. I'm Rick Schistler, your host. Before we get to our One Best Consult Tip of the Week, uh, let me remind you, if you're listening, your business is located in the Montgomery County area, then we have sponsorships for the program. And I would really enjoy visiting with you. Just drop me a line at rick, R-I-C-K, at irlonestar.com. Tell me you're interested in being a sponsor. 
I'll be glad to look at what the opportunities we have. And I'd, again, would really appreciate and love to have you as a sponsor of the weekly business hour. Well, the best consult, one best consult tip of the week, three critical questions to ask when evaluating every technology. Well, let's face it, technology is not only everywhere in our lives, but it's everywhere in our businesses. Uh, I don't know that there's a day goes by that somebody connects me or shows me or I'm reading um, an article that talks about a new technology that's out there that would impact one or more industries. Uh, and the impacts sometimes are positive, sometimes they're not so positive. Uh, oftentimes, it's overpromised, uh, doesn't produce what uh, one says. But I think there, as a small business owner, we're somewhat at a disadvantage because typically we don't have staff to help us evaluate technologies. We typically don't have an on-site IT person, for example. Uh, many times the IT people, even the ones that serve you uh, under contract or whatnot to take care of your IT systems, they can help because they have a background, not only in computers, if they're really good, but they'll be able to help you with any kind of digital technology or they should be able to. The point I'm making to us as small business, to you as a small business owner is, these purchases and implementation of technologies in our business, okay, are becoming more challenging uh, as we move on. Uh, the, the risk of failure of picking the wrong technology or not implementing it properly, uh, it keeps going up for us in small business. You make a wrong choice, you hire a wrong provider to install it, and you've got a mess on your hands. And so it's critical. I think that the important thing to do, just like any major decision, is you develop a plan or a checklist. Um, you can find information about this on, on the web, or you can contact me at onebestconsult.gmail.com. Uh, I'll be glad to provide you with some guidance on making a technology selection. And, and understand, we're talking about telephone systems. We're talking about IT, computers, computer networks. We're talking about systems uh, say, in your production facility that run machines, uh, all kinds of systems, S systems for shipping. If you ship a lot out, uh, all kinds of logistics systems out there that can help you do that more effective, more efficiently. Uh, customer service. Uh, there's all kinds of systems that are available, technology that's available. Uh, prospect systems that help you prospect, track the prospects your business has to do business. The first thing you need to do in my opinion, the critical question you've got to ask before selecting any technology is not only evaluate the technology itself and how it potentially will help your business, but also evaluate the company that's providing it. You want to buy from a vendor, from a company that's solid, hopefully has a track record, and one that you definitely feel will be in business year, two, five years down the road. Because let's face it, when you have an issue with the technology or it needs to be upgraded because times are changing, you've got to have a vendor to go to. And if the company is not there, then you end up with worthless technology. It happens all the time. Second thing you need to do is analyze what the actual impact will be on your business. Now, I'm not just talking about the machine technology that you put in your production line. Um, say you're in a machine shop and you buy a new tool and it's computer-driven and you can analyze that, well, we'll be able to increase throughput by 20% or 30%. That's great. But what other impact would that might have in your business as far as the efficiency of tracking what's being produced, material cost, so on and so forth? Does it plug into your production system, your computer 
program and whatnot that runs your production. Make sure the connections all fit before you make that purchase. Very important also that whatever technology you select, that the current workforce that you have will embrace that technology. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how much you spent. It doesn't matter that you've got the best vendor to install and maintain it. If your workforce is either incapable or unwilling to accept it, you've got a real problem. So I think it's very important that you get some input or at least understand your workforce and their ability, how much training it's going to take for them to adapt to this new technology. Uh, ask yourself that question. And lastly, a question I think that uh, it's, it's very interesting is that you find a vendor who is willing to understand your general business. So many times we talk to vendors, not just in technology area, but in other areas, and they know their product or they know their service um, inside and out typically, uh, but they don't really understand your business. They don't understand how this product or this service will fit in your business. Will it work in your business? And I'm not just talking about your industry, but will it work in your business, your place in the industry? It's an important thing to have a conversation or two with the vendor. Give them some information about your business, what it's all about, where it started, what are your objectives, what's your mission statement, what's your vision statement, whatever it might be, but have a discussion with them so that you, the business manager, business owner, feel comfortable that they understand because I've seen it time and again that they come in with one technology solution and if I can get them to take the time and understand our overall business, they turn around and adjust that and offer another technology or offer an add-on or take something away because it won't work in its highest, most sophisticated form in our business, in the size of our business. We won't get the ROI. Because the key is you want a technology that gets integrated, implemented, accepted by your employees, that produces results, that increases efficiency, that increases revenue, increases profits. These can be high goals. And oftentimes, particularly in small businesses, I see people overlook them and fail to check off. So it's very important. Make sure your vendor knows your business. Well, that's my one best consult tip of the week. And at this point, we're going to close out the show. I ask you to do one thing for me, or actually two things. First, put a note on your calendar to join us again next Monday right here on IRLoneStar.com at 11 a.m. when Doug Thorpe will join us again to continue our conversation, building better teams by becoming a better leader. Look for a podcast of today's show on the Weekly Business Hour page at IRLoneStar.com. Also on Facebook, as I mentioned earlier, on YouTube, and also at our website, one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember to stay in touch with what's happening in Montgomery County right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, the second thing I ask you is stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thanks. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about this show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-4000.
3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.